This is the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and we are the flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com, and we are proud members of the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore network. And before I bring him in, if you're not on the Patron feed, you missed uh, Mr. Jerry Sinclair's first appearance on the Patron feed last uh, Thursday night, Friday morning, whatever. Depends on what time you go to bed or get up and what part of the world you're in. But uh, he is here tonight because he's always here. You know him as the man of the hour, the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what is going on, sir? Of course I'm here, man. This is my favorite part of the week. Are you kidding me? Uh, I, I love recording. I'm bullcrap with you. Uh, and I do appreciate you recording a night early. So uh, we're so what we're covering on this week's particular show is we are going to cover a lot of news. We're going to get into some mandatory minicamp stuff. We've got a very special guest. And then later in the show... We're going to talk about a couple of rookie unicorns. And what defines a rookie unicorn, Jerry? Do you know? No. Enlighten me, my friend. Without giving up the names yet, because we call that a tease here in the industry. Uh, that's the radio industry. I have no idea what we call it in the podcasting game. But a, a, a fantasy unicorn, a rookie unicorn, is someone that I have found that both the film watchers, the film grinders, if you will, love, and the analytics people love. I'm shocked. Because normally they're like the Bloods and the Crips. The film watchers love uh, love B- Hakeem Butler. The analytics guys hate Hakeem Butler. So uh, I, I found a couple of these unicorns. Because I listened to a lot of podcasts. And I was like, wait a second. This guy says that he loves them. And then this guy says that he loves them. Oh my God, in 2019? It's not like it's like a Saquon Barkley class where it's easy. Everybody loves Saquon Barkley. So we'll talk about some of those unicorns uh, later in the show. But before we get into the news, I want to make sure that uh, we bring up the Listener League. So my half of the Listener League, which Jerry's recruiting and building and doing all the work for. That's why I love him. Thank you, Jerry. Well, it's the only thing I do. It's the least I could do. It is the least that he could do. So it looks like we could be drafting as early as like Friday. It'll be on the sleeper app. Uh, I dig it. I did a rookie draft for the Dynasty Podologist League and uh, found it to be pretty interesting. It's a little, it's a little like kiddish. I don't want to say like that, like to be negative, but like it, it seems very like friendly to younger folks. Maybe it's because I'm old, but man, as far as usability, my old ass can figure it out like nothing. And the best thing about Sleeper is that the group chat is built into the Sleeper app. There's no, I got to go to the website to draft or to make moves and then go to a separate, you know, device, whether that be GroupMe or a Twitter chat or whatever to do that. So if you're, uh, be looking in those DMs, uh, Jerry is out there getting everything dialed in. We're hoping for Friday, but probably no later than Saturday or Sunday. We'll have both leagues up and running. And then we'll recap my listener league on a show soon. I uh, want to make sure I tell you about Trophy Smack. Our friends over at Trophy Smack, they make the best trophies in the fantasy and dynasty game. Now, I'm biased, but I know what I like, and I like what they like. And these, these are good trophies. So go over there, check it out. And if when you're checking out on any trophy, if you enter in the promo code DWZRING, you will get a free championship ring worth right at $60, bucks, 59 99 to be specific. And uh, you'll get that added to your order. So, uh, Jerry, I know you're loving the trophy smack. Yeah, always. I'm always a trophy guy. How many times have you heard me talk about drinking champagne out of chalices on this show? Yeah. It, it, it's, I could put that on my headstone. If, uh, if the fine folks at Trophy Smack are listening, and they are, they're friends, uh, you might want to like you know model one after a, like a mini- Stanley Cup, that's hockey for you non-hockey fans. See, I've learned about the hockey. I've got a lot of friends in Minnesota, like Tyler, uh, like Dan Williamson from the Goat Cast. I got, you know, Jerry in Detroit, a.k.a. all them Southern Canadians. They've taught me about the hockey thing. And, and if they, they were to create like a Stanley Cup 
championship trophy topper over there. Trophy would smash. 100% buy one I, without I, I, question. I'm, I'm telling you, we could call it the Jerry Sinclair model. You put that little bowl like chalice thing in the jobber on top. You fill that dude full of champagne, but Jerry's from Detroit. So that's really a Miller High Life, which is the champagne of beers. You put that in your championship chalice and uh, you knock those back. But in all sincerity, go over to Trophy Smack. There's a link in whatever podcast app you're listening to. Just look at the show sheet attached to your podcast. It'll take you right to it. Use that promo code DWZRING. Get yourself something nice for your league. And then the last thing we got to call out, two things real quick. The Patreon, it is live. We are already up to three shows. Um, we've talked about Damian Williams. We've talked about how the NFL values tall wide receivers versus smaller, more agile wide receivers. And then Jerry jumped on last week and talked about some uh, Devies. Jerry, we're going to do that again. We did uh, running backs and wide receivers last week. And uh, we just talked about it after your late softball game on Thursday. We're going to talk about some tight ends and uh, quarterbacks about the Devy world. And listen, how many times have all of the listeners heard about the 2020 draft? Why why are you not a Patreon listening to me talking about it now? Get ahead of the game. Get those picks while you still can and know the guys to look for. And I'm going to argue some of that point. But the reason why we do the Patreon thing, guys, is it's real simple. Um, when you give your advice away for free, people treat it like it's you know worth exactly what they paid for it, which is nothing. Um, some people really appreciate us, and I know a lot of the listeners do, but that's why we do it, guys. Um, we're, we really want to get a producer for the show, and we want to bring you better and more content. So, um, And I- listen to this. Uh, Randy does so much for the show that it's unbelievable. When I say I literally just show up once a week or twice a week, and I just talk into this microphone, what you're hearing is what I give you. But Randy is all over the place. I, I promise you, the the editor, the producer, the host does the all the work for each show. Become a patron so this man can get some sleep. He's already losing his hair. You don't you don't want him to get lose everything now. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say because we're not looking to get rich. I'm not looking to be Matthew Barry. I mean, if that job comes open, you know, he's not in the best health. I wouldn't think he seems to be lazy. I'm a nice <laughs> enough guy. I think he's hilarious, but you know, he's probably not living the healthiest life. But Je- Je- uh, Jerry could totally be my, uh, my. Was it Secret Squirrel? You said before. Yeah. We were... Oh yeah, I could be Daniel. You, you're from Michigan. You got the beard. You root for the Lions. That also takes years off your life. So no, check out <laughs> ch- ch- check uh, out uh, like a pro. Check out Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Just check out what we're doing. Um, you can be a Patreon for as little as a buck a month, and you know anything and everything is welcome. Um, look forward to having you. But uh, Jerry, before I bring on the news. Um, we'll talk about our social media handles, uh, at dynasty Warzone on Instagram at dynasty Warzone on Twitter. And, uh, we'll be doing some Q and A's and we're going to do a live call in show at some point this summer. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 we have done this before we, uh, had our buddies on last year doing the hot take hotline. So enough about that. Let's, uh, let's talk about some news. This is the news. All right, Jerry. Well, well. Last week on Roto World, it been reported that Miles Sanders had been missing OTAs, organized team activities, for those keeping track at home. And uh, this week, it come out that it's with a hammy. I do not like it when these fast guys. You know, he ran like a four four at the combine in Indy in February. I don't. I don't like it when these fast guys get the, the hammy. Jerry, Jerry, talk me off a ledge here, kid. We just drafted him. Yeah, I I mean, listen, I don't like soft tissue stuff either. It's that that Alshon Jeffrey sort of injury where you just got to worry about it every week in and out. So rest the man. I, it makes me feel a little better because I feel like to get a hamstring injury when you haven't been playing, it means you've been trying very hard out there, which does warm my heart a little bit. I, I like a guy that'll try his heart out, but don't hurt yourself, my friend. You got a long way. We're not to training camps. We're not to preseason. We're not to the regular season. We're not to my fantasy championship. That's when I need you. I don't need you in OTAs. Your team doesn't need you in OTAs. They need you when they're playing to win games. For the love of all that is good, Doug Peterson, rest this man. Get those hammies good. Yes. You don't uh, want to rely on Jordan Howard. Now, now, normally Jerry's a groin watcher, but Jerry, in this case, I need you to keep an eye on these hammies. And uh, we got to get Miles Sanders rolling. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs running back coach Eric Bieniemy 
came out on a local radio program and said that Damian Williams is their starter. Which, if you're looking to sell Damian Williams, which I am, hand up, hand, hand fully raised. Um, Jerry, how many times have you heard the Dallas Cowboys running back coach come out and say Zeke Elliott's a starter? Uh, never. How about the running back coach in uh, New York? Has he ever came out and said Saquon? Saquon's mm-hmm. a starter? No. You know, there's a, a line in Thrones where Tywin Lannister, Joffrey's acting a fool like Joffrey does, and Tywin Lannister says, the king doesn't have to tell anyone he's the king. That That is correct. A, a lion does not have to tell you he's a lion because you know he's a lion. So, See, I, hold on. Just You've never seen Thrones? Never their once. their sigil in the show is the lion. So that was so perfect, you have no idea. Well, if you hadn't have just brought it up, we could have just passed it off. Like, I watch Game of Thrones, too. And uh, we, we could have we moved this on. But my, my, my point with this is, is that this is a great sell, you know, you know, value little pop up for Damian Williams. I've been advocating selling this guy, even if he makes it the, the the whole year. And I don't think that he will. He was an undrafted free agent. He's been in the league for six, count him, six years. At 72 games, and he started seven, five of which were the five that he started with KC last year. This is your sell window. Go find a screenshot of this conversation. Send it to an owner in your league. Say, see, Damian Williams, he's worth more than you thought. Pay me off so I can get the hell out of this racket. Uh, I'll tell you another racket I'm looking to get out of, and that's the Lamar Jackson racket. <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's an easy one to get out of, in my oh, opinion. Man. My, my man shows up at OTAs, what was it, last week or 10 days ago, didn't know they were installing a new offense. I, okay, come on. Like, me and you are in a group chat and we just have this podcast that we like to do you're a professional athlete and coaches like you guys aren't like hey lamar so we're thinking about we're, we're gonna do a little bit of this not at no point that decided to happen that i mean that was baffling to me and then he he looks terrible throwing the ball oh I, I, no really uh, sh- shocker you know I, I know they brought in greg roman who was i guess famous infamous maybe maybe he's a better term infamous for the, the, the run there with Colin Kaepernick, I got news for you. Lamar Jackson's a hell of a runner, and I'm not the world's largest Kaepernick guy, all from a football standpoint. But he threw a much better ball than Lamar Jackson throws. And I'm telling you, this offense is not going to sneak up on people, even with the tweaks that Greg Roman will install. I just think he's limited. I, th- I think he's limited throwing the ball. I think he's limited... Uh, with the with the concepts and the things that they could put together, and I, I want no part of it. I mean, in the it was, it was the, the divisional round against the Chargers, he had Philip Rivers had more children than Lamar Jackson had completions <laughs> in that game. For the love of God, I mean, I mean that's I mean that's not saying much. I mean, Rivers has a lot of children, but you know what's crazy is like I've been saying like maybe Lamar Jackson will improve because the wide receiver core has been getting better and you know they drafted Hollywood and Boykin they're fighting injuries so so who knows what we're going to get out of OTAs or preseason with them too the the only the only two ravens that I two and a half uh, like two and a half men the only ravens I really have real interest in are Justice Hill and Mark and Andrews. I think that's more of a stash. I, 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 like, I mean, I think he's going to have a role, but I think you're more excited for him going into the future. And and he's like a flip type guy. I I, I want to draft Justice Hill where he's going in rookie drafts right now, like in that mid second range. I've seen and him go. As soon I've as seen he's him, the starter, you just boom. As, as soon as he has, like uh, as soon as he strings together a couple of good games, because Mark Ingram misses time. That's what Mark Ingram does. Whether it's for mm-hmm. suspension or injury, Mark Ingram's going to miss a game or four. And when Justice Hill shows out, there's your chance to cash out. Because oh, that's perfect. R- I'm, a, you write, know what? I'm writing that down, so I make sure to do that. Jerry, write write that down, or writer downer, uh, because right now, 2020 rookie picks are, are, are hotter than the surface of the sun, and you're not getting them at any real quote unquote value. But no. you know what? When when the uh, the rounds get live and the bullets start flying, and they're in week one, and teams are looking more to compete and less about. Uh, building for the future, that's when you can pry. You know, the, They'll tell you currently that you'll pry those 2021st out of their cold, dead hands. Mm-hmm. But those hands will warm up a little bit come up. Uh, yeah, sep- but he, you know, he, he goes for 100 and he's only a 22-year-old running back. People are going to go, well, wait a second. I don't need it if I can get Justice Hill right here. 
why would I want a shot at, is it uh, Entene or Eno or Acres? Why would I want a shot at them when I could have Justice Hill today? Do it right now. I can do that today. So, uh, so some more rookies. Speaking of rookie talk, uh, three tight ends are getting positive reviews in camp. Uh, Dawson Knox, who is my personal favorite of the three we're going to mention, has been impressing in Buffalo, and he damn well better because uh, Tyler Croft is hurt, Kroom is hurt, and that leaves him. So he, he could have a little bit – if you're still doing best ball drafts and you're seeing you know Dawson Knox floating around there late and you really want someone to – maybe you missed out on the big three. Maybe you missed out on Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey. Maybe you wound up with my personal favorite in that next group with like Hooper or the always entered, uh, injured Hunter Henry. Man, th- throw you a dart at Dawson Knox. He could contribute as early as this year, as well as Josh Oliver in Jacksonville. And uh, Sample, Drew Sample, is being called polished. Now, Jerry, I'm going to throw this to you because you're, you're known to polish a thing or two, like a knob you know, here or there. <laughs> well, what, what do you know about these uh, oh, okay. three rookie tight ends and knob polishing? <laughs> I have, we'll leave knob polishing for a Patreon episode. Uh, you know, the crazy thing about those tight ends is like those are all the guys I love. The Listener League... I actually might have all. No, I think Josh Oliver got taken, but I do have Sample and I do have Dawson Knox. That I am a notorious guy that just does not take tight ends early, and I always grab guys like Drew Sample and Dawson Knox. I'm excited and I'm glad to hear good things because you know you don't want to hear like nothing. That was, that was I sounded like a 16 year old girl right there, but you you don't want to hear no news from these rookies, especially someone like Dawson Knox. Like Buffalo has has some playmakers at wide receiver that are they're growing and you want to see more from them, but none of them are outrageous. None of them are fantastic. So if Dawson Knox can take that step, not be George Kittle, but sort of be that George Kittle of that offense, that would be just fantastic to see. Yeah, I man, I, I think Knox is a steal, and I would be willing to go. I think I've I've been getting him late third. Early fourth. If you've already had your rookie draft, um, we've got a league mate. Jerry and I have got a league mate in front of the show, uh, Wheeler. I'll just drop you in the grease right here on the podcast. This guy is out there hoarding them 2020 picks. And if you can find an owner like Wheeler who's sitting on a knock share, maybe he got him in the late third in you know, this year's rookie class, offer him your 2020 third for Dawson Knox in those tight end premium drafts. I think you'll be really glad that you did. I'm not as sold on Oliver or Sample. The but, only thing I am on Oliver is because Nick Foles has, you know, notoriously gone to tight ends. Now, maybe it's just because Ertz and Goddard are that good, so you had to. But, you know, he, he has a track record of it, at least. I will say this. I would not be surprised. I mean, he's got to beat out the likes of D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, and D.J. Baby Chark. So, I mean, he's just as likely to get targets in that offense as anyone else. But enough about these tight ends. I almost didn't bring this next story up because, to me, it's not a story. It's OBJ showed up from a mandatory minicamp in Cleveland, and I was like, wow, am I really going to put in a, a blurb about a guy showing up for work? You know, a lot of guys showed up for work today. Jerry, did you go to work today? I did go to work. I went to work today. It wasn't that big of a deal, because you know what, Jerry? I go to work every day. Every day I'm supposed to be there, um, I show up. And I guess, you know, they could say it's voluntary or not voluntary. When the head coach comes out and says, hey, what OBJ miss? And he's like, I don't know, the offense? The installation of it tells me there's a, there's some underlying uh, some hurt feelings there. I think old Freddie's uh, butt hurt a little bit. What do you what are you making of this? I know Lev Bell. We'll just lump that that guy in here too. He also showed up for work. Yeah, I mean I don't know how Freddie Kitchens is going to deal with this. I think everyone's super on the Browns, and I think the one big underlying denominator that does not make me get in on that hype train. Is Freddie Kitchens. We're talking about a dude that last year, that was his first stint as a coordinator. And now he's the head coach and he's got to deal with, you know, OBJ. And you got to deal with OBJ with his boy Jarvis Landry on that team. That's only going to make him, you know, more of that persona. And then you got Baker Mayfield there. It's just, you know, I mean, I saw a headline today on ESPN or wherever, Fox or whatever it was that said they think Freddie Kitch is losing the team. I'm not, I mean, that's just some guy looking for clickbait, but there is something to it that is just, you know, he is just a dude. Like he, he's not, you know, one of these Jim Harbaugh, Sean McVay, Bill Belichick, just characters themselves. He's just a guy that got a head coaching job 
and he has to deal with these giant personalities and it's it's gonna be tough good luck buddy uh, I will say this as much as we railed the entire off season from the time that he spoke out to the time he uh, ended up in the silver and black you know who is in OTAs right now because their mandatory minicamp is next week with the, with, the, with the majority of the league and that's Mr. Big Checks he's already out there and you know what I know they're just gifts and thumbnails uh, you know, little videos there on Twitter, but he's out there. He's building that rapport. So as much as I will openly admit I have crushed that man on both this podcast and on Twitter, I will tip my cap to him and say, hey, man, good for you for showing up for work. Congratulations. And it, <laughs> it's fun that that's what we're congratulating for. But but it's true. He does seem like he's having fun and excited to be there. Uh, I'll tell you who might not have work in, in the very near future is Demarius Thomas. It looks like he's uh, not a lock to make the uh, 53 in New England. That, uh, yeah, I, that's I, not I, I really think, and you know what, I, we're not going to post this until we are on the clock next in the uh, Dynasty Degenerates, but there's a real, real buzz that Josh Gordon will be back on this team and that at the next CBA, the NFL is going to uh, allow the use of marijuana in the NFL, and that just makes Josh Gordon – uh, all the more interesting, and I could see him getting reinstated this coming, you know, season. I don't think it impacts anyone else except maybe Inkill Harry. But uh, I, I, going back to Demarius Thomas coming off an Achilles injury, same with Emmanuel Sanders. You know, Achilles is hard enough for anyone to come back from, much less a thirty-year-old dude. Yeah, uh, I mean, we're in that league, and Emmanuel Sanders is sitting at the top of the. Uh, ADP and people are just letting him. I mean, we're in what? Where are we at? The 19th round now? Uh, that sounds right. 18th, 19th round. So you're talking about, let's see, 12 per round. You're talking about 225 to 240 players off the board. And, and he's, he's just, just sitting there. Because Achilles, you don't mess with that, especially when you're a wide receiver. It's just, it's tough. I love Demarius Thomas, though. It, su- it sucks to see because. I really thought he was going to be one of those elite wide receivers, which he was for, you know, a few years with Peyton. It it sucks to see him go down like this, but. As a guy who lived in Indianapolis and watched Peyton make guys like Brandon Stokely look elite, I'm not saying Demarius didn't do his share, but I'm not saying. I'm just saying. All right, we'll wrap these next stories up kind of quick because we got a special guest waiting on the other side of this. Um, Hollywood Brown and Miles Boykin, you already mentioned this, but uh, Hollywood's not going to be in camp until the summer for actual camp, still recovering from the foot surgery. And then Miles Boykin, I mentioned at the top of the news segment, a little tender hammy, a little, uh, Jerry, you know I don't like it. I'm back on that ledge. Give me something. It's just, uh, these guys got to stretch, man. Same thing as Miles Sanders. Get your asses stretching. We don't, we don't need this. Yeah, go, go, uh, go find you a nice yoga instructor there in the greater Baltimore area. Have them help you. Same thing. You're young, you're rich. I mean, come on, you could you could turn a nice the best yoga instructor in Baltimore in the whole state of Maryland to just help you out. I bet your life be better, help your finances be better. That's what they need. Yoga. It's all about that yoga action, boss. Uh, And I kind of buried this one in the middle because during the offseason earlier, we had the uh, the Chronicles of Mr. Blonde Mustache. Currently, we're uh, we're celebrating the Chronicles of Todd Gurley. And it looks like he is unlikely to see action based on what I can read until week one. Uh, head coach Sean McVay came out and said that it's unlikely that you'll see Todd Gurley in the preseason. And I do don't want to hide the fact that he did say other of their best players as well. But you know what? Guys that I want to see get reps, I want to see how Cooper Cup looks coming back from the ACL. And I want to see how Todd Gurley looks. There's a real shot that if you're a Todd Gurley owner, you're not going to see him in action until week one of the regular season. That scares the bejesus out of me. Jerry, what, what are you uh, What are you doing? Uh, I mean, it, I don't know. I'm sort of torn. Like, it, it does scare me that, like, he's not even going to be doing anything. But, like, I don't want Todd Gurley in my preseason games. He gets that Adrian Peterson from 2009 treatment where on the first play of preseason, he gets the fake handoff and then runs 10 yards back behind the quarterback just so he doesn't accidentally get hit. Uh, that doesn't bother me. But, you know, I would like to see a little something out of the man. Because j- j- clearly, clearly something was wrong. That's, I mean, that's, and if it's, 
grown to be this, clearly it is a lingering issue. Man, g- give me something. Give me some camp highlights with him just running wild and free with Kid Rock. Just like one. With, just with, I don't need. I don't. I'm not greedy. I but, did, just a little bit. Yeah, just put some Kid Rock's "Born Free" the new Chevy commercial in the background. Just "Born Free" singing. Todd Gurley running. That that would make my heart feel so much better. <laughs> just to see him out there, just uh, galloping in the wind. Uh, and then speaking of guys who can't really gallop because he's a colt, that's Jack Doyle. <laughs> I love this. I love the Roto World blurb. He could. Could be cleared by mid-June of his hip injury that he had surgery on that ended his 2018. Hey, Jerry, I got a pop quiz for you. Yep. You know what ended the career of a tight end, Dennis Pitta? Uh, some hip injuries. Some. That's exactly right. Check out the big brain on Jerry. That's why I have him as my co-host. I love this guy. No, listen, I'm not saying Jack Doyle's career is over, and but a lot of his value in both redraft and dynasty – had to do with the fact that he's attached to Andrew Luck, but none of that matters if he can't get on the field. This is a concern for me. This is a guy that's going to have to warm his way back into my heart. And for all the people that have been burying Eric Ebron, <clears throat> like my co-host Jerry, um, like all these people that have been burying old Mr. Eric Ebron, I'm telling you, uh, I think his value's fine. I think it's a hold. I don't think it's improved with this news, but I, I'm not tripping over Jack Doyle whether he comes back or not. I don't you know. Put my hand upon my hip. Listen, I'm done with Jack Doyle. I, it, the, the, he just keeps lingering. He's a lingerer, man. If I'm going to take a hit at anything for Ebron, it's because they brought in the same guy in Devin Funches. I, everybody always talks about when Doyle's going to get back and because Doyle's there, Eric Ebron's not going to produce. And then the dude was a pro bowler. Like he was, you know, he was not very good in Detroit until his last year. And then he did pretty good. But then he gets traded to uh, Indianapolis, and I was like, "Well, he's, he's well, maybe just Lions fans were saying that he's, you know, he's not going to do anything because Jack Doyle's there." And then he dominated. He could, what it was was it a touchdown every game? It had to be close, right? I, I think he had thirteen. So yeah, it was, it was, like, it was, it was close to an average of a touchdown per game. And he he only played if I this is like I did not get deep into his stats, but if I, th- I think he had a. Uh, 56% snap share of the offense, something like that. It wasn't it wasn't like an 80 or a 90% like a Kelsey or an Ertz or someone like that. I mean, he, he did really well on uh, limited limited duty. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Jack Doyle. Goodness gracious. See, he's not even in my brain. I would prefer any of these dart throw rookie wide receivers just because they might have a chance of being relevant. I don't think Jack Doyle is ever going to be anything for your fantasy team ever he might be good for you as a Colts fan maybe he catches you a touchdown in a big game or something as far as me can you imagine a scenario where you are in a must-win game and you have to put Jack Doyle in your lineup if Eric Ebron wasn't there it's fine but Eric Ebron is there and that's the problem so I am not messing with Jack Doyle I think like to Jerry's point very well said he'll be better for the actual Colts and he will be your team and like like and even to double down on uh, good takes by Jerry I would much rather have Dawson Knox or Josh Oliver or Drew Sample as my number two or number three tight end in a best especially in a best ball because I don't think Jack Doyle's days of, of big production are anytime soon. And let's end on good news, Jerry. We've done this like two weeks in a row. Let's end on all sunshine, lollipops, you know, rainbows and canoes. Let's 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 talk about Cam Newton already throwing a football after he's had not one but two shoulder surgeries. I can tell you, in all sincerity, not to make fun of Cam Newton or his uh, owners, but as a guy who had to sit here and wait and wait and wait some more about Andrew Luck to throw a football, this is good news. Um, what do you think, Jer? Yeah, and listen, I like Cam Newton. He's one of those guys I'm just going to get everywhere because people are just poo-pooing him, him and Carson Wentz. Just, they're, the, they're the guys that are getting crapped on this offseason. They're the guys I'm just going to keep scooping up. You know and, what the weird thing is? Yeah. He's throwing a football, but he's still not throwing it very well. Well, yeah, but that's never been his game, though. Let's be real. Even when he was in Auburn, he was, I mean, he just lowered the boom on people. You know, he's a little little bit scattershot. But you know who's not scattershot? That's our guest. Our special guest tonight is a special guest. So uh, we're going to just go uh, just go grab him. We'll bring him in here in a second. Jerry, you ready to bring in our very special guest to talk about these uh, mandatory minicamps? There are nine 
nine teams are conducting mandatory minicamp this week, and uh, the other 23 teams are in action. They're doing some OTAs, some voluntary stuff, and they have mandatory minicamp next week, the 11th through the 13th. But we're going to break down and talk about the nine teams that are going through mandatory minicamp. Jerry, let's go get that special guest. Bring him on. All right, and joining Jerry and I are just a, you know a couple of fellas, but not just any fellas. They're the fantasy football fellas, Seth and Kyle. Uh, we love these guys. We thought we'd bring them on. So nine teams, nine of the NFL's 32 teams have started mandatory minicamp. Um, next week, the remaining 23 will do the same on the 11th through the 13th. But the teams in mandatory minicamp this week are Cleveland, Denver, Detroit, Miami, New England, the Giants, the Jets, Tennessee, and Washington. So uh, we're going to break those teams down. I've given each of these guys, I've given the man of the hour, Jerry, three teams. I've given Seth three teams and Kyle three teams. And uh, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, uh, But first, let's bring in our guest. Uh, joining us all the way from the windy suburbs of Chicago, that's Seth and Kyle. What's going on, fellas? Memphis, what's up, dude? Good to be back on with you. Oh, man, it's, it's been a little while. Great to be here. And then there's Jerry. Yeah, man. Not from the windy <laughs> suburbs. <laughs> yeah, not, you're, not you're from there. You're from Eight Mile, the mean streets of Detroit, Rock City. Heck but, yeah. But I, so, so I've broken this down to be fair. So everybody has got a good offense, in my opinion, anyway. A bad, because I, I write the show sheet, damn it. Uh, a good <laughs> offense, a bad offense, and then an ugly offense. So uh, Jerry's got New England, Detroit, and the Giants. Good, bad, ugly. Seth has got Cleveland, which is probably the prettiest, at least on paper, Tennessee, and Washington. And then uh, Kyle was able to jump on with us at the last minute. He's got the Jets, Denver, and Miami. So I'm just going to go through gonna just you know, a little conversation this week about uh, what's going on at OTAs. Uh, as uh, you guys like to call it over there at the uh, Fantasy Football Fellas, it's lying season. Yes, that's very much so. All sorts of fun reports come out this time of year, so we always enjoy those. Uh, I heard Daryl, I heard uh, Darrell Henderson's down by the creek walking on water. Yeah, yep, <laughs> that sounds about right. Oh As my one god, does. Uh, you know, it reminded me, and we're going to talk a little bit more about him in a bit uh, under the uh, the rookie unicorn section. But he is getting a ton of pub right now because a he was you know traded up for by the Rams. He's been compared to Alvin Kamara. But uh, as Todd Gurley's knee gets allegedly worse by the day, his stock rises by the day. Have you guys seen anything like this? The hype of of what? Nothing? Of like no news? <laughs> so it's like it just keeps growing. The echo chamber just makes it deafening. Yeah, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want echo. whatever. I don't want whatever third world doctor they have working on Gurley this offseason because yeah, he gets like worse by the minute. And it's just it's ridiculous. I can't I can't think of a comparison of a guy who's just just repeatedly just beaten down in in the media and for fantasy and twi- on Twitter. I mean, Gurley has had a rocky uh offseason this year. And uh due to we already covered this in the news, but due to the fact that Sean McVay said that Gurley and and fairly as well, a lot of veterans uh, of the Rams are not going to participate in the preseason. As a Rams owner, or excuse me, as a Gurley owner, you don't even get to see him in preseason. You might get like a camp, a camp gif here or there, or a little you know video here or there. But he's going to be—I don't want to say rested, but he's not going to be seen very much. So we're going to jump into this. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to Seth. Seth, uh, you want to start with your good, your bad, and your ugly. Yep, so we got Cleveland, Tennessee, and Washington, and boy, howdy, is Washington an ugly offense. Uh, I think that there is possibly, possibly one player on the Washington offense for anybody to pay attention to whatsoever, and that's Darius Geis. I'm hoping to see a healthy Darius Geis this season, because if I don't, I'm writing off the entire team from a fantasy perspective. There's nothing to see here. Move along. Um, so with Washington, I guess I'm going backwards, you know, start with the ugly. Um, (laughs) that's, you know, story of my life, uh, moving back on to Tennessee. It's really just bad because there's no wide receivers that you can really rely on right now. I really think Corey Davis is a talented wide receiver. He's just in a piss poor situation with Mariota and a bad offensive scheme. 
I don't believe in Derrick Henry. Anybody who's listened to the uh, podcast knows, or uh, the fellows podcast knows that. And it's just going to be mediocre at best. Although there will be a couple of fantasy options on this squad. If you see Delaney Walker uh, come back from injury this year, he's always a very uh, reliable tight end option. Um, and that's, and Derrick Henry, is, of course, is the guy that everybody's going to go after in terms of being the running back. But we'll see if Deion Lewis gets a little passing down work here or there. So that leaves the best for last, Cleveland. And, of course, Cleveland is the now home of OBJ, who it may or may not be in training camp. Uh, but really, who cares at this point? He's OBJ. He can do what he wants because he's just that good. Or at least I'm sure that's what he thinks. Um and in fairness, I tend to agree with him. But there's a lot of players. Like, how for however many players there aren't on Tennessee and Washington that you want to play, all of them are now in Cleveland. You have David Njoku at, at the tight end position. You have Chubb, Hunt, and Duke Johnson at running back. Got a young up-and-coming rookie in Baker Mayfield. OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway in his second season. And there's just a whole host of people here that could be fantasy relevant. And it's just a matter of who's going to get the most targets. All right. So I got a couple questions for you and then I'll uh, ask uh, Jerry and Kyle, if they have anything. So, so out of these three teams, what are you hoping to see? Is there a player that you're hoping to see break out, do well? Um, you know, who's the most intriguing of the three? So, so I'll start with those two questions. What are you hoping to see in this mini camp from a, as a dynasty owner? So from a dynasty perspective, and I have, uh, it's Darius guys for sure. And I have Darius guys in a couple of leagues and I'm really hoping on him to bounce back from this injury. Everything sounds good right now, but as you said before, uh, this is the fantasy wasteland in terms of news right now. We're in that season. So nothing can be taken at face value um, at any point, but particularly not in these months. Uh, but if we see guys in the preseason and he looks all right, I'm very hopeful that he is going to start returning the value that we thought we could see from him in his rookie season. Uh, so that's the number one thing I'm looking to see out of all three of these camps. Um, now the, the most intriguing part of the camp is going to be, uh, is going to be Cleveland. I mean, like I said, because there are a bunch of players here, I think that it's going to be interesting to see who, the Cleveland beat writers report as being the number two wide receiver um, or the number two pass catcher. At least that doesn't mean that we should be taking their word for it, but it, it does have some merit in terms of like, okay, in OTAs we saw Callaway taking some steps forward. He's the number two, or maybe Rashard Higgins or someone else that they just found off the street because there's not a whole lot behind Jarvis Landry and Callaway right now. Um, so those are the two things that I'm, I'm looking for uh, any uh, concerns of these three teams, whether that's like an injury or a position battle. Uh, the biggest one that comes to my mind of the three that you're talking about would be like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I know uh, Nick Chubb's going to have the majority of the early down work to himself, but at some point Kareem Hunt is going to come back and, and Kareem Hunt's looked really good. And uh, are there any values that you're seeing out there on these three teams as we get ready to go into our divisional breakdown? Yeah, so you're absolutely right. The Chubb versus Hunt uh, position battle is the biggest one for all fantasy owners here. I am personally of the opinion that the Browns made an excellent move by picking up Hunt because they're going to just hold him for eight weeks. They don't need to play him because they have Chubb already. And they're basically, they paid a million dollars to get a potential second round pick back because by round by week eight, of the season, there's going to be a team that needs a good running back. And with hunt having no contract, you can sign him to like a veteran minimum you can trade him, whatever. Uh, it's a fantastic move by the Browns in term from a football perspective. Um, and so I'm not really worried about them battling it out between Chubb and hunt, but even if they did, uh, it's, you should have hunt on hunt should be rostered in all leagues right now. Oh yeah, uh, I, I heard you guys uh, talk about this on, on your show. I, I think he's going to be a league winner. I mean, if you go back and look at, and this is not so much just for Dynasty, I think he's going to help out tremendously in Dynasty as well. But think about fresh legs in the, in the fantasy playoffs. 
every single year there's there's someone who comes in due to injury or some kind of circumstance. Think of Damian Williams, the guy that replaced Hunt in Kansas City last year. He came in, he was basically a league winner. He was a top five uh, PPR running back over the last five, six weeks of the season. And, you know, if, if you were lucky enough to have scooped that guy off the waiver wire, you probably did real well in the fantasy playoffs. So uh, definitely agree there. Um, so let, let's throw it over to uh, Kyle and Jerry. Anything you want to probe? Not literally, Jerry. Uh, but figuratively, <laughs> is there any probing you want to do of Seth on these three teams before you uh, take off on your three? I don't think I need to probe Seth at all. That's real nice of you, man. Uh, the, <laughs> the only thing I would throw out there is, yeah, just maybe if we if we see Tennessee's offense actually turn into something, you know, you have A.J. Brown, which is a big, you know, dynasty asset. You know, can he, we get any value out of him, him year one? You still have Adam Humphreys there, who apparently uh, doesn't sign with uh, – New England because Tom Brady's too old, but would rather have Marcus Mariota as his quarterback. Makes no sense. Um, so it's just like between Humphreys, Mariota, and A.J. Brown – or sorry, Humphreys, uh, Delaney Walker, and A.J. Brown, is there a number two target there? Or is or, or is one of those gentlemen the number one? You know, we've been waiting on Corey Davis for a while. So that's the one thing that I'm definitely watching for Tennessee is, you know, pass catchers, who's producing. I, I think A.J. Brown will be someone in Dynasty you'll be able to buy very cheaply this time next year. The 2020 class will come in and deflate the value of this 2019 class, but I still believe in A.J. Brown. I don't believe in the offense. I think Marcus Mariota sucks. I think Ryan Tannehill behind him also sucks. Yeah. And, I, and I think that you're looking at Tennessee as the potential future home of a guy like Tua or Herbert or from or someone like that. I don't think Marcus Mariota is going to be the starting quarterback in Tennessee in 2020, but I have been wrong before. Jerry, let's talk about these uh, your Lions, the New England Patriots and the New York Football Giants. So obviously I'm assuming you meant the Lions were the good offense. That's who I got. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you could that's kind of how I had them. I had New England as good. I had Detroit as bad. <laughs> and I had the New York Giants as ugly. But anything with Saquon Barkley can't be too ugly. But I don't want to steal your thunder. Except for it can because the rest of it is just a barren wasteland of even Lions scraps. If we're going to call the Lions a bad offense and then they're going to take the scraps at wide receiver as their wide receiver one, that's ugly. So as far as what I'm hoping to see, TJ Hawkinson, uh, for my fandom and my fantasy, uh, me and Randy drafted Hawkinson. I've... As much as I poo-pooed the pick at the time, I have so many damn shares of TJ Hawkinson that I, I really just need you to be good, and I'll be so happy. Just let a pick in the top 10 pay off for the Detroit Lions. Like, I haven't seen it since Calvin Johnson, and it paid hey, off Jerry, well. Jerry, it helps if the offense uses them. See, yeah, if, you, if well. you take them and you use them, they usually work out. But keep going. See, but that's that's not a Lions mantra. But I do appreciate it. They should listen to you. The other thing I want to see is Nikhil Harry. Because, I, you know, we're talking about the number one ass, uh, asset from a Tom Brady offense retiring. You know, who's who's going to take that step up? They, they never had a wide receiver that was in that mold of him. You know, Josh Gordon was a flash in the pan since Randy, really. If Nikhil Harry can blow up and show out and be that guy, that boy's value is going to skyrocket in filthy, nasty ways. Uh, Daniel Jones, you know, I mean, is there a quarterback that gets more disrespected in Superflex drafts than Daniel Jones? Like, I get it that he was, you know, he's the the guy to poo-poo on because he's, you know, the Giants took him super early. But if that dude can be an NFL starter, you know, that's what I want to see. I want to see if that guy can actually play this game. Um, the running backs. You know, we got C.J. Anderson's in Detroit with carry-on. Is carry-on healthy? That's another thing. How How is that running back tandem going to work out? Is carry-on's value going to skyrocket with Daryl Bevel, you know, just pounding the rock? Or are they going to do a committee and he's going to plummet? Same thing with New England. We, we've we got Sony Michelle injured, injury history, um, and they drafted Damian Harris, who's getting the hype, he's getting the work. So is is Sony Michelle gonna you know stay as valuable as he is right now, or is Damian Harris gonna come in, steal steal some of those uh, carries and catches and everything else, and then you're stuck with a headache? So the, that's what I need to see from them. All right. Well, uh, 
you you'd failed to mention the running back that I want the most in New England at his cost, and that's James White. I love I love James White. Twenty seven years old, had a hundred plus targets last year, eighty seven the year before, and New England is built on trust. Tom Brady has to trust that you'll be where the football's supposed to be. He has to trust that you're going to catch his block and uh, not get him killed. And I'm all about James White. Are you uh, you buying into James White? I don't love little backs like that, and it's nothing in redraft. I'm I'm cool with them. I just don't think they have long-term roles in the NFL. Darren Sproles was one of the elite options, and it, he had a you know two or three years, and he's he's existed. I think he's still on a roster, which is absolutely outrageous for a man that's smaller than me. So those are just not my guys. Maybe that's why I I disrespected him in that way. But he is good in that sense that Tom Brady, you know. Tom Brady likes his guys and Tom Brady does not mess around. If you are not going to do the things you need, Tom Brady's not giving you the damn ball. And I, I think his touchdown total will come way back. He was uh, all over some touchdowns in 2019, but that's not what I'm, I'm not, I'm not drafting him in redraft or trying to get him in dynasty because I think he can be an RB one again. No, I, I, hear I, you. I, I think he's a guy that can easily, easily be RB 18 to 24. That's a solid play each and every single week that has shown that he can, you know, give you RB1 weeks. And, I mean, this guy is going in, I think he went in the seventh or the eighth round of the Dynasty Degenerates League that, that you and I are in. I got him in the eighth round of the Trade Addict 7 League that I'm in. He's just he's just slept on. He's just a guy that, you know, goes under the radar. He's a guy that I love, and I, I will talk about TJ Hawkinson. And then we didn't talk much about the Giants. I love TJ Hawkinson. I was listening to Matt Waldman. On the Aussie guys, friends of all of ours, AJ and G, he was on with uh, with those two fellas, and he said that TJ Hawkinson was the best player in the draft, not just the best offensive player or the best tight end, but the best player. So that got me fired up. And then the Giants, I think it starts and ends with Saquon Barkley. Um, pretty easy stuff there. Kyle, anything you want to uh, throw out there on the Patriots, Detroit, or the uh, the Giants? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with Jerry for sure on the Daniel Jones hate. It's uh, we Seth and I are in a super flex league. It's it, that one's ten teams because it's all local guys here. But like Jones was not even on people's radar, and I picked him up with an extra third rounder that I had just to stash him. You know, like you know, quarterbacks have a lot of value in those types of leagues, as we're all aware. And for some reason, Jones just just keeps getting pooped on. I get it. He's he was a first round quarterback though, um, and you can get him so much later. Um, then you probably should. The other thing I like, uh, you know, from that discussion is uh, I agree on the James White thing. He just oh, he's just disrespected. I I kind of have the same thoughts like historically with with Jerry that you know I don't like the smaller running backs and I try to steer <laughs> steer away from those guys. I mean that could be a flaw in our game. No no disrespect yeah. people that like because like Tariq Cohen same thing avoid yeah. Tariq Cohen everywhere and he was awesome. I, I think they were James- both up there, man. It's just tough because when you try to when you hit submit and those guys are in your lineup. You just don't feel confident in it, but they they put they put the numbers up, and I I think that this has to be is that we want other running backs to be James White, but James White is James White because of Tom Brady and Tom Brady's trust in him. He's an outlier. We like to use that term a lot in dynasty and fantasy, an outlier, a one off, if you will. That's why we all project guys like Naheem Hines, Tariq Cohen, um, the kid uh, who just got uh, I think he was a UDFA. For the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, James Booby Williams, love that name, mm-hmm. Booby Williams. Um, everybody's like he's James White, but you can't be James White unless you have the trust of the quarterback and he has faith in you. And uh, I mean, it, this is still an offense that's going to chuck the ball around. And I'll say one last thing about Daniel Jones before Kyle tells us about his three teams. I've said this before: Duke is not a not an easy academic institution to get into. He's a very smart person. Um, just to get into that thing, Duke has not had another football player drafted by an NFL team since 2015. He's played with 0.0 NFL quality talent in his career. And in a very short time, whether that's partway through this season or starting in 2020, he's going to be the guy throwing the ball to Evan Ingram, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, and they'll probably draft or bring in a wide receiver in free agency. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, he's a solid – I mean – QB two, I can already see it. I mean, he's not going to set the world on fire, I don't think, but I think he's someone that is safe. So I, I love that call, Kyle. You're going to talk about a young quarterback in uh, in New York as well as uh, some other guys there. 
Yeah, these three teams are interesting. So again, New York Jets, Denver Broncos, Miami Dolphins. Uh, these other two gentlemen, they were able to get not only a good team uh, on there, but a you know a bad. I don't. I don't. All these offenses are so frustrating as hell. I'd almost say that they're all ugly. But uh, the Jets have definitely stepped it up with Sam Darnold in his rookie season. That we what we saw from him at the end of the year, him and Robbie Anderson linking up and bringing in Le'Veon Bell. I guess you can say that they're the best of the bunch, but. These three teams are kind of uh, interesting from the standpoint of uh, I get the Joe Flacco's there, but you could be looking at three teams that all ha- are starting um, rookie or sophomore quarterbacks, you know, by midseason. Uh, you're looking at all three teams that really don't have an established wide receiver. I like Robbie Anderson and Colton Sutton, uh, but that's about it across all three. And then you're also talking about three teams that have young tight ends in uh, a time right now in fantasy football where it's hard to nail one down. Um, when you got Chris Herndon, Noah Fant, and Mike Asicki, who is off so far off radars right now, it's unbelievable. Um, that's why these three teams are kind of all very interesting. But as we're seeing, you know, some more news, and, and specifically from these three teams, the few things that I'm kind of following is number one in New York. I think this is the best offense. I really like what I've, you know, what we saw from Robbie Anderson at the end of 2018, and what we saw from him in 2017. Uh, but I want to know who that number two guy is. If we're all expecting Sam Darnold to take a step, is it Quincy Anunua who they re-signed? Is it free agent uh, refugee Jameson Crowder? Or my boy that I really like there is, is Chris Herndon. And I think he's already gotten a little bit of media hype. And I'm really hoping that he can he can have a coming out party uh, at, with a full slate in his sophomore season there. The other biggest thing I'm looking for as far as news is the situation in Miami is is pretty dire. Like for redraft 2019, Seth and I talked about in the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast when we did our AFC East preview that this team doesn't really have much going for it right now. But what dynasty owners can do is take advantage of some of those suppressed values. And I'll be interested to see, you know, who can pop out. You know, it's it's pretty rare that a team can go long spurts of time without having any relevant players. So who's it going to be in Miami? Is it somebody that's not there yet? Or is it some of these young names that they do have on the roster and we're just kind of waiting to see? Rosen's the one that jumps out to me just because, playing a lot of super flex leagues. He's somebody that is deeply discounted. But again, if he was, if if he was in this rookie QB class, I mean, I get it. Kyler Murray, right. Over him, but anybody else, I mean, is it close? And you know, his value right now is, is pretty suppressed. So those are kind of the biggest things, you know, as uh, taking a a high level look at all three of these teams heading into their kickoff. Uh, One thing is that I want to remind people, because I know everyone hates Adam Gase. Everyone. I think even Adam (laughs) Gase's family hates Adam Gase. But you know what? I I still stand by the fact that I think he's a hell of a football coach. Every quarterback that he is quarterback since being an an offensive coordinator has set some kind of career milestone under him. And I know Mm -hmm. people want to poo-poo the ones in Denver with Peyton Manning. I got news for you. I saw Peyton Manning try to play with that neck injury and then missed an entire season. Thank you, Peyton, because we got Andrew Luck. You're the man. But, yeah, I mean, but you know what? <laughs> you know what? Th- th- there's a reason why you know Peyton Manning was and allegedly still is considering the the Jets' GM job. He's got a lot of respect for Adam Gates. Jay Cutler, Seth. I know you have a certain sound drop you like to play with uh, Jay Cutler when you hear that name. I'm yeah. sorry, you were saying? Yes, you do. But Jay, Jay Cutler had his best QB um, QB rating season with Adam Gase uh, as his play caller. Uh, I mean, it, the guy got a combination of Ryan Tannehill, um, Brock Osweiler, and Matt Moore. He got Tannehill and Moore to combine for a 10-6 and six record and got them to the playoffs. And even with uh, a Cuddy... And Osweiler, his three years in Miami, he was 23 and 25 with next to no offensive talent. Now, I don't think they should let him be the GM, but I, I do think Adam Gase is good for fantasy football production. And I loved, and again, uh, I heard Kyle throw a shameless plug out there. So I'm going to throw one out there too. If you didn't listen to the Tuesday, June 3rd edition of the Fantasy Football Fellas where they broke down the AFC East, a lot of good stuff in there. And uh, there's some good Miami Dolphin stuff. Things I'm looking for is uh, can Kalen Balaj, a.k.a. the Bellagio, can he break out and, and maybe do something? He's a big man that runs straight and catches footballs. But uh, I'm really looking for Miles Gaskin there as a sneaky, sneaky, under the radar. And a guy that I think – at least the three of us, me and the two fellas, love, and that's Deshaun Hamilton there in Denver. I think he's uh, the guy who operates close to the line of scrimmage, which is where uh, Joe Flacco excels at this point in his career. 
And the, yeah, the, I liked what I saw from him at the end of last season. Not heavily involved on the year. You look at his numbers. I don't have in front of me what we talked about on uh, this week. Hamilton, because we talked about it on the Thursday show, so check it out tomorrow, as if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Hamilton had like 46 targets on the year. Like 35 of them came in the last four games. I think this is somebody that I get it's new regime, new quarterback, but this kid I think is pretty talented and somebody's going to take that short area target role. I, I like him bunches. And then uh, I'm going to end on this. Uh, three times in the last two weeks, or maybe it was two times in the last two weeks, that I've seen blurbs on Roto World where Ryan Fitzmagic, a.k.a. Connor McGregor's evil twin brother, has been outplaying Rosen in camp. Now, Rosen's you know new, uh, second year, probably nervous, but that makes me nervous. I don't have any Rosen shares, but uh, if I did... I would sure be looking to, you know, throw some low ball offers because you guys covered this again, shameless plug on the fellas on Tuesday, that uh, Fitzmagic could start the season. And you like guys like Stills and uh, there was one other guy that you guys liked as potential bridge Albert guys. Wilson. Albert Wilson, thank you um, for you redraft players. So that's a couple of things. And, and, and before I let these guys go, because we, we just wanted to talk football, not a lot going on little mandatory mini camp. We thought we'd bring him on after the news to hang out. I want to talk about something that I found in the dynasty world. And uh, I found a couple of unicorns. Now, unicorns, uh, Jerry, you watch Game of Thrones. You like wizards and family. Yeah, so you know what the, uh, you know what a unicorn is. Very mythical, hard to find creature. Very, very hard to find. Yes. I, 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 I found Daenerys, queen of the unicorns. Huh? There, there you go. You nailed it. Uh, I, I found a couple of fantasy football rookie unicorns, and that's Daryl Henderson and TJ Hawkinson. So I listen to a ton of podcasts. I, uh, I don't watch much TV when I'm not hosting one. I love hearing the perspective of our peers and people that I, I highly respect. And uh, I heard Graham Barfield, who now writes and does a lot of fantasy work for NFL.com. Uh, he was on a podcast. He's a big analytics guy. And he was going on and raving about Daryl Henderson. And then I just referenced that episode of our buddies AJ and G, the Aussie guys, where uh, they had Matt Waldman on. And Matt Waldman is, a, is the film grinder's film grinder. And, you know, he loves Daryl Henderson. So we finally found a guy that the analytics guy liked. And the film guys like, uh, I'll start with Kyle. Where are you at with Henderson? Yeah, I liked Henderson a lot pre-draft. Um, the immediate, the landing spot immediately was like, ah, dang it. You know, he's stuck. But now all this news about how Todd Gurley is just out there, you know, running his knees through a paper shredder apparently every day. Um, Henderson's gained a lot of, a lot of hype. Uh, I, of course, also listened to that uh, show, uh, the Aussie guys, latest episode. Uh, and Walden was talking about how he took Henderson at, at fifth overall in a draft, which is just, it's getting rich. So I, I like Henderson a lot. If Gurley, if, if everything's as bad as they're saying it is, and this guy's going to be limited in 2019 and, you know, who knows beyond then. Yeah. I mean, this guy's going to be connected in a good offense with a, with a, you know, a good quarterback and an excellent head coach. The situation's awesome. So uh, I, I don't know if I'm paying the current price tag, but man, I was really buying, you know, before all this other news, but uh, time will tell what happens in LA with these guys. Uh, what, what had me sold on Daryl Henderson, because I've got a couple of shares, including the league that all four of us are in the get together, the TFFG League. Uh, what, what got me on him was that when the head coach, who I find to be a very good offensive mind, and the GM, you know, compared him to Alvin Kamara. And if they see him as Alvin Kamara and the coach can scheme up some work for Alvin Kamara, am I, is he going to be Alvin Kamara of 2019? No, but... If he gets just, I think, a 30%, you know, of the carries there and, you know, maybe an equal percentage of the – he can be an RB3 two-ish this mm -hmm. year. He's as a, explosive, and, and, and his um, college numbers are ridiculous. The other unicorn, because I, I want to wrap this thing up, we're right at about an hour here, is TJ Hawkinson. Again, the same guys. Um, they, they, the, the analytics guys love him. The film guys love him. Jerry, no matter how much someone else loves him, Jerry's still trepidatious because that's what Jerry does. Seth, I'm going to kick this one to you. Where are you at with Hawk? I love Hawkinson as a prospect, and I'm very sorry that Jerry has to go through this, just the, the anxiety of having another tight end in the top 10 and worrying like, this guy could be amazing, but we're probably going to misuse him. No offense. <laughs> no, uh, they, welcome to my opinion. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, if, if this is a very big if, if the Lions use Hawkinson correctly, he could be an absolute monster on the level of Travis Kelsey. That's how good this guy is. Uh, but a far more likely uh, outcome is that he's uh, middling at best and just in a terrible situation. And hopefully he gets moved somewhere else like Ebron did and uh, is able to flourish a little bit more. I love all you guys, but all you guys are wrong. TJ Hawkinson <laughs> is, the, is, the, is the guy who's going to go over the middle and do the dirty work that uh, Golden Tate's no longer there to do. Uh, he he's tough. He's a good blocker, which means he's going to get on the field. Is he going to shatter some of the rookie records uh, that guys like Jeremy Shockey and Evan Ingram have put up for fantasy and dynasty in his first year? Maybe not, but you know that's okay. If if I can use a a middling season to be buying up T.J. Hawkinson this time next year, I'm all about that action, especially in tight end premium leagues. Uh, Jerry, anything to add on uh, my my two unicorns that I found out there? No, I mean, I think you said everything with Daryl Henderson. When analytics people like him and the film people like him and all this Todd Gurley news happens, that that's going to make him a unicorn every single time. And that's why this hype is happening. As far as hot goes, here is my question. Uh, what do you see him doing this year? Because I'm going to assume me personally? he is. He, I do think he's going to be an integral part of our offense, but I don't see him getting a lot of touchdowns just it's the way the lions work in for one, they don't score a lot of touchdowns and they haven't in the 30 years I've been alive. And just in general, when it gets down to the red zone, they have never looked to the tight end. Stafford never has, uh, outside of Joseph Foria, I think was the one when the, he had three <laughs> or something. Wow. Um, we are going way deep. Back. So, but it, so like 600 yards, three touchdowns. <clears throat> like, I think that's a reasonable, reasonable projection for him. Do you think his value goes up or goes down going into next year if he's in that ballpark? You know, he's the kind of guy in my both of these guys at this point, they, they've either got to hit uh, major home runs or their value is going to plummet. And, and I say that because this is Dynasty Twitter. I mean, and, and Dynasty Podcast, if if they don't hit in year one, they're trash and we're ready to move on to the next thing. <laughs> there, 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 is, there, there, there is no... There is no, um, ah, well, we can take a break. I, I, I don't think that, so I'm looking, I'm looking at my, one of my favorite guys this year, and that's, ty, uh, that's tight end for Atlanta, uh, Hooper, Austin Hooper. You know, he had 71 catches for 660 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, in his sophomore season, he had 50 for 525 and three touchdowns on 65 targets. You know, I really think that, Hawkinson see, could be like the see, 50, that makes 60. me think Hawkinson actually would be better because I feel like name value Austin Hooper doesn't get it. He's he's disrespected in that aspect. But if Hawkinson can pull off that tight end ten or nine or whatever that put Hooper at last year, I, I think you know he actually would go up from there. I, I will say this: um, if I'm given the especially where they're going in ADP, if I had the choice between, I know everybody loves OJ Howard. I think he's like tight end four or five for most people in a startup. Uh, where I can get TJ Hawkinson versus where you can get OJ Howard. I'll take TJ Hawkinson every time um, based off that. But listen, we got to get going. Uh, if you want more of the four of us, especially in a much more laid back format, we're going to be jumping on and joining JD at Goat District on Twitter, uh, his co host Dan Williamson uh, at Overhype Sleeper, and Nate Dog, everybody's favorite trader, the Nate Dog. We're going to jump on with them. But before we do, I would love Seth and Kyle to tell us. I know, I know Kyle's writing. He's, he's, he's so good with the spoken word that he's taking it to the written word. <laughs> I know, and, he's a big dog now. He is a fantasy pros, but let Kyle and Seth tell us about what they got going on. Yeah, man, I, I don't know how much they're paying whoever's editing my word vomit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently it's enough because they're getting, they're getting posted. But yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at KyleFFFellas. Uh, I am writing right now for Fantasy Pros, a few articles a month, so that's been a lot of fun just kind of keeping alive with the fantasy thing but really man our uh, our pride and joy the fantasy football fellas dropping two episodes a week all off season follow the fellas account at the ff fellas on twitter uh, we're going through some divisional previews right now giving you everything that you need to know about every single division uh, including our favorite breakout bust and sleeper uh, so we'll be doing that uh, for a bit and, and man it's really going to be full throttle we we ramped it up to four episodes in season so just hit that subscribe button wherever you find podcasts and uh, come join us man it's a lot of fun and anything from Mr. Seth? 
what Kyle said. Best, <laughs> be- Nailed it. They don't call him the best producer in the business for nothing, folks. Jer- Jerry, anything before uh, I take this thing home? Nah, let's uh, let's get the Lord of the Unicorns out of here. Let's get the Lord of the yeah, Jerry and all his wizardry and unicorning and dragon. First of his name, Lord of the Unicorns. <laughs> yep, Jer- that's got to go on a mug now. Jerry, <laughs> Lord of the Unicorns. Well, listen, I'm Memphis uh, at DFF Memphis. You can find all of us on Twitter. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're gonna do a lot of fun stuff during the uh, th- during this dead time. We- we're gonna get through OTAs and mini camps this week and next. And then we'll go into a quiet period until we get into to July. We still have a lot of fun stuff. Uh, still going to be a show each and every week. Bonus content on our Patreon page. So on behalf of Jerry, Seth, and Kyle, I am Memphis, and we're just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you next Wednesday.